0: Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into the 100th episode with Jesse Burke, I actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos and rate them. It's just a really easy way to organize all your your files and keep them in one spot. I've been using it for a few months now and really enjoy it For years, I was using, like, uh, WeTransfer and Dropbox and things like that. But with uh, PicDrop, it's actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And I can't say enough about it. I really enjoy using it. And actually, with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PhotoBanter, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at pickdrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PhotoBanter, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at pickdrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get into the 100th episode with Jesse Burke. Thanks. Welcome back to the PhotoBanter Podcast. In today's 100th episode, I welcome back our first guest, Jesse Burke. Jesse has worked with clients such as the New York Times Magazine, ESPN Magazine, Outside Magazine, as well as commercial clients such as Adidas, Capital One, Bose, and Bush Beer to name a few. In this interview, I talked to Jesse about some of his recent projects he's been working on. How he kind of just deals with the stress of uh, operating a freelance business and such a competitive market like photography. And we just kind of talk about so much more. Um, it was just really exciting to have him back. Um, can't believe I made it to 100th episode, 100 episodes. Um, can't thank you enough for listening. It's just been a, a real pleasure doing these every week. I hope you guys enjoy them. And definitely reach out um, if there's any photographers you'd like to hear on the podcast. I also... I always welcome submissions and any uh, input. So thanks so much for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, Jesse Burke, episode 100. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. You were my first guest, so I said for number 100, I got to get you back on the podcast and see what's going on, man. But uh, how you doing?
1: Good. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here, uh centennial guest, hell yeah good man stuff.
0: can't believe i made it to 100 um
1: yeah congratulations
0: yeah, it's, it's amazing yeah it's been fun we're here at uh your hobby farm sweet bean farm <laughs> we got the what, what do you what do you got out back you got some chickens you we got, have
1: some chickens a little piggies we got a bunny guinea pig quail lots <laughs> of little kids running around it's good times
0: what is it like the animal stuff like Have you always just been like into the animals and all that type of? Yeah,
1: I mean, I've always been sort of a nature nerd and really been into animals as a kid and stuff. And so that's sort of stayed with me as I became an adult. And now that I have kids, it's, you know, even more important. So when we finally got the opportunity to move to this new house, we always wanted to have a little farm. So it had a perfect little garden plot. We fenced it in, and now we have a little zoo out back. It's kind of amazing. So it just works out really well for us logistically. Chickens ever escape? Everybody escapes. It's insanity. (laughs) And then we chase them around. But it's fun. They don't go anywhere because we have the food and the water. So they're, you know. They're they're, smart. Yeah, they're smart. That's right. Yeah, the pigs get out and they run around the yard. And every once in a while I get a call from my neighbor, your pigs are my driveway. Yeah. And I'll go get them. They don't have have collars or anything. So it's like they're just kind of running wild. But they're just exploring curious little creatures.
0: Yeah. No, nah, it's cool. I always see, like, that's the coolest thing about your photography on Instagram and stuff. Your your kids have, like, fully gotten into it. You guys are, like, on family trips, like, searching out, like, dead animals and yeah, shit. Yeah, It's great.
1: Yeah, well, it's become our thing. It's become our, um, it's like our passion, you know? It's like connecting with animals and nature and stuff. So when we, when we get them out there on the shoots and we see them either alive or dead, we like to check it out and explore and, I use it as an opportunity to, you know, photograph the, the experience of what they're doing. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. We've been fortunate enough to come across some pretty wild stuff in our journeys.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Anytime I see a dead animal, I always text I text it to you. Like I think I've sent you some like some dead crabs, maybe like some dead shit on the beach. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I
1: might ask you to take put it in a bag and throw it in your trunk if it's good enough. So be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done it many times and because we do, like, some mini taxidermy action here on the side and, like, uh, put it in our sort of nature cabinet, so... Uh, Wait,
0: you've taxidermied yourself?
1: Yeah, well, just sort of, like, as a hobbyist. Okay. Um, I have some friends that I reach out to and ask them for pointers when I need them, but, like, yeah, I've picked up stuff in the past. Uh, Damn. Groundhogs, hawks, I come home. and <laughs> Well, my wife is a forensic scientist, so she does autopsies, and she's a medical person, so she is very fluid in the ways of like the scalpel so she knows what to do and she's also totally into the nature thing and like collecting the bones and the skulls and all that stuff and so yeah i mean it's pretty lucky man it's uh it's oftentimes illegal because you're not a lot you're not really allowed to do that But oh, really you know if nobody knows Damn. nobody sees you yeah uh, you're doing it for a good cause at least i like to think so the kids can experience it and then I can invite you over, Alex, to come and look at all of our nature treasures over here. And I know. You want to touch an, an, uh, a hawk's wing or a talon or like a groundhog skull, you yeah. can do it. It's kind of awesome.
0: And you guys get your, you, you, eggs and stuff back there. You guys eat them on it? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. We get eggs every day. Tons of eggs. Um... We get lots of eggs, but that's it. And now we have a garden growing. It's summer. It's it's June, so the garden's going, and uh, we'll get flowers and vegetables and eggs all the time.
0: Yeah, it's exciting, man. But I guess uh, photo wise, man, what you been up to? What's uh, what you been working on? What's kind of got you excited lately?
1: So let's see. This last the last year um, for us has really just pushed since i last chatted with you when was that do you know when the first episode was it
0: was like a like a year and a half ago
1: okay yeah. you've been busy dude a year and a half that's not that haven't, long
0: haven't missed a week
1: oh my god <laughs> um so let's see 52 weeks in a year that's two years basically yeah right? it's
0: coming up on two years wow yeah.
1: so um in the last two years we have really i would say started honed in on this idea of like me working as essentially like an outdoor lifestyle photographer, yep. shooting families and people yep. Um. sort of like in between that type of stuff, uh, doing sort of like more real moment, authentic moment advertising stuff and editorial portraiture. But in terms of like what I've been most excited about is um, traveling with my family and becoming sort of like the nature dad, photography dude that's just out there. Yeah, doing his thing with the kids and the family. And so like the clients we're getting are asking us to travel as a group and explore things and document that. So we've been really fortunate. And I mean, we pushed it, of course, but like my life has dictated what I mean by fortunate in terms of things that are kind of out of my control. You know, your life will dictate things to you and then you will either push back against that or embrace it, right? Yeah. So I've been lucky enough to... Have my life push me in a direction that I really dig, you know, and that is like hanging out with my kids, being a dad, being a nature guy, going to these amazing destinations and working for clients. For for example, we did a couple of jobs for go RVing where we went to the Grand Canyon and Northern Arizona drove around in an RV for a week. And I documented the experience, and that was the ad campaign just us in an RV. How
0: does a job like that, is that like through an agency or?
1: It's through, well, we did that job with Fatherly, fatherly fatherly.com, which is like one of my favorite sort of media companies. And I think Fatherly has a place in the industry now for us as sort of freelancers and photographers, content creators that. Is like an advertising agency, but it's a little bit different in the sense that they are the creative and the client for me at the same time. And then they have their own client. Mm -hmm. Uh, That part is kind of the same, but um, they're not an advertising agency because they are also the host of the content. So they essentially create the content with the client. They edit the content, and then they host it on their website. Like
0: advertorial kind of?
1: Sort of, yeah. It's like Mashable, fatherly. There's these media companies, right? They're like one step deeper than a typical advertising agency, which is that they actually host the content. So they don't have that many sort of like outsourcing sort of places right like i'm the only one it's all in-house so they can make pretty good money doing that right if they charge advertising agency rates to say go rving and then they only hire me you know what i mean it's they don't have a media buy the media buy is with fatherly yeah so it's interesting right like they save a lot of money right there and they make a lot of money for the for you know in terms of like spending it so they just get to keep that so uh, I've seen that company grow exponentially huge over the last two years. And I got in with them at the ground floor because they did um, a big article uh, with me about my Wild and Precious project when it first came out a couple years ago. Yeah. So I was able to sort of like figure out who I wanted to share that work. Fatherly was on my radar and we just became sort of friends, me and the, me and the agency. And so they'll call me up and they they've, they've been great for me in many ways because they have given me. A lot of creative freedom, which is really exciting. So when they send us on these jobs, there's nobody else going. It's just me. And I go with the concept and shot list and all that stuff. And then they trust me to execute. And it's been so amazing because... They want me to do my thing, right? And I know that this is what clients always want. They want you to do your thing, but they're so restricted and their hands are tied in so many ways. They
0: got a couple bullet points they want you to hit.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, we need some shots of like you driving the RV. We need a shot of the RV from the outside, blah, blah, blah. You know, typical stuff that I would absolutely shoot anyway, Mm -hmm. but they're just covering their bases. Bring it back. They edit it up. They host it they let the client host it on their social channels and stuff. And then it turns into this amazing sort of project. And, The best part of it for me is that I get to shoot my artwork for an advertising job. So it's really great because I'm also simultaneously creating my next art project, right? I'm not shooting it for the RV company. I'm shooting it for me, and they just get to use it. It's really ideal. So that was an incredibly exciting project. And we did it last April, and I'm actually just finally going through the work right now to share the bulk of it.
0: That was the Grand Canyon one. The
1: Grand Canyon one was not this past April, but the April before that. And, um, it's taken me this long to really get to the point where I can edit it properly. And I put out, you know, like I put out a gallery on my website, but that's not the full thing. So I'll go through it. And so then we most recently did another one with them actually, where we went to Florida and we drove from Miami to key West. So, you know, they came back and said, we want to do another road trip with you guys. What do you think? And I was like, well, you know, it's winter. We live in new England. It's Hell cold yeah. <laughs> in the country. There's not a lot of places you can drive an RV and have fun in the winter in the United States. And, you know, we had to leave out the Southwest cause we had already done that. Yeah. So I picked Miami to Key West, some, a trip I'd never done. A lot of
0: colors, a lot of
1: colors, a lot, lot of amazing animals. It was so epic. And, um, that one was a video project, so that was like no stills, just video. I shot stills, of course, again just for myself, but they they edited that as sort of like a sort of like home movies from the road type of vibe, and it was amazing, man. So I just like you know took my little Sony down there with me and filmed everything and shot stills, and that one's also currently in editing right now, so I can launch that stuff uh, this summer
0: from like doing the first trip with them was there anything you learned from the first trip that you kind of switched up to your approach on the second one or is it anything kind of yeah different?
1: that's a great question totally so yeah i learned the hard way the first time it is the first time i've ever been in an rv that first time i've ever been trapped in a room with my family for five six days <laughs> which was amazing but also super stressful because you know they're little kids right they're the, the girls are now 13 eight and six. And, you know, so back then they were one year younger and they were just like full of energy and tired. And now they crabby. got
0: a little, little more snapback. Huh? Yeah. 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 A lot
1: of, a <laughs> lot of chat, a lot of chatter, a <laughs> lot of talking back, a lot of attitude, but it's all good. Yeah. And, uh, they're good kids and they listen. And so, and I think that that's key, right? Like, you know, yeah. we, we set our rules. Interestingly enough, the first trip we did with fatherly, the, the, the concept was unplug unplugging from the digital Spectrum, right? So, it was uh, spring break from the internet was what the concept was called. What right. The, the uh, assignment was called. So, we literally put our phones and our uh, iPads in a bag at the beginning of the trip, put them under the RV, and yeah. didn't take them out till we got back. Wow! Yeah, it was amazing because. You figure, you figure out really quickly that the kids just forget, obviously they just forget that they were connected because they're just always looking forward, man. You know, they're just like charging ahead. Right. So they're just not worrying about the phone anymore once the phone's gone. So now they're just like charging to get outside and run around. So like, I always tell parents, I get a lot of people asking me like parenting advice because of this (laughs) stuff, you know, um, Because of my Instagram feed and stuff, people are like, yo, man, how do I blah, blah, blah with the kids and stuff, you know, and it's kind of funny. And I always tell people like, you know, take the phone away from the kids, like take the iPads away, less TV. And believe me, we watch a ton of TV, man. And my kids love their phones and their iPads, just like their father. However, once you take it away, very quickly, you realize that they're just so much more involved with the world around them. And in, the, and in the instance of my family, they're just like out in nature, like catching lizards and running around. Riding, and like a, sw- riding a
0: bike. Or-
1: anything, man. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we were in Arizona, so it was like desert and sand and cactus, like such a foreign, weird landscape for these kids. Yeah. They were tripping out. And I lived in Arizona for 10 years, so it was very familiar to me. Um, so it was cool to see them sort of unplug and like go out there and like, no technology. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny that I had my camera and my phone shooting pictures with them, but they didn't have anything.
0: What about for you? Did you like after like a week or whatever, of not using your phone? Did you feel, what did you kind of think? Well, was? I did
1: have my phone cause it was shooting with my phone okay. and I used it for GPS and like hotels All right. and All right. for food. You, and but pizza. you weren't on like social media and shit. Uh, I was, I was on a little bit of an Instagram sort of blackout because I was so focused on the job. Yeah. like. I mean, I would still do it, like, at night and stuff, but, you know, we didn't have service on, like, these mm. campgrounds. There's no cell phone service. Forget the internet, right? There's just no, no reception of any kind. So it was cool. It's awesome. And um, it feels good to get out there and connect, and, like, it's close quarters inside that thing, dude. Yeah. Like, real close. I know.
0: I went, I went, I went on RV trip with my parents when we were kids, and it was interesting, because it was, like, one of those, like... Uh, it wasn't like super it was, yeah, it was like similar thing that like you rent one of these RVs it's not like the top of the line one it's just right. like yeah, 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 you rent exactly. it and it's like the fridge never shuts perfectly totally, dude then we had to get like a, we had to get like one of those styrofoam coolers because we finally gave up on the fridge and we are getting ice every day and it was just like making yeah, sandwiches yeah
1: the last the last one we went on so we did two sort of thing. it was funny because we did two sort of different experiences one was the first trip they supplied the RV for us yeah so I showed up at a dealership. They gave me a brand new RV and I drove it away. It was not the Ozzy Osborne tour bus RV. It was the small yep. medium sized, but really nice and brand new one. everything worked perfect. Yep. The second one, I rented it through outdoorsy. We had a line item in the budget for RV rental because we're just going to try a different ma- matter. So I rented like a nice looking one and I got there and it was okay, but not great. Right. So by the first three days, every drawer was gaff tape closed because all the sliders were broken <laughs> uh you know like the lights were flashing on the dashboard have the call the guy and be like hey what's the mean when like the hrc light comes on and he's like oh don't worry about it it just goes on every once in a while i'm like oh dude so you know my advice would be rent a brand new one perfect one with no miles and do that (laughs) um but it's an amazing experience for families to like go do i'm a big believer in their rv road trip now and i'm like actually looking forward to it yep you know at the end of the trip everybody's like a little bit suicidal Mm -hmm. because it's the long it's a long time man right you're taking showers in that thing you know a lot of these rv parks now have like really nice bathrooms and really nice showers and sometimes you're staying in a campground and there's just a dirt lot and sometimes you're staying in like this insane beautiful pimped out rv park with like marble bathrooms it's really weird and really all over the place, but still pretty fun.
0: It's like a real, it's like a whole culture. You could, it just, is a you, definitely you could, a whole you culture. You could do a whole series of this on like RV parks and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like all the yeah. Car- yeah I <laughs> wish I had more time to like
1: meet the people and stuff. But yeah. you know, the truth is we're like very hermetic in this family. Like we like being alone and being out in nature by ourselves. Yeah, like, yeah. right. Like we don't want crowds. So you. we would purposely try to stay and go places where there were no other people because I'm going to get better photos that way. Right. Like, I just want pictures of us exploring. I didn't want pictures of like strangers, like walking around on the trails with us. Now, like in a lot of the photographs you'll see when the work comes out, you'll see other people in the background, but I really try to minimize that. And like, you know, people ruin stuff
0: yeah. yeah you should check out uh you know uh, like BLM land like Bureau yes. of Land that's the I went on a camping trip to yep, Moab yep. a couple years ago and it's the best because it's not a campground you're allowed to camp there right it's called Bureau of Land yep. Management which is this I feel it's like federal they it's own a government
1: it. agency yep
0: and there's like places you can go pro- around the country and you're allowed you're legally allowed to uh, camp there but there's no resources like there's no bathroom right. so we just camped there for a week and it was great no bathroom free it was digging a hole free right (laughs)
1: beautiful and monitored by the government I mean they monitor it and they keep it you know it's tidied up after to a degree where the land's not like yeah, you know you're not going to get hurt or anything. Yeah, yeah. There's a website, and we tried to rent that when we went to Arizona because we were looking again for like sort of remote destinations. Mm-hmm. But it was a little more complicated with an RV. But we did look into it, and I learned a lot about it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's even, big out west.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize it was a thing. But there's like tons of places you can yep, kind of go. Yep, the government
1: owns it. Yeah, it's you, pretty good. Yeah, we should milk it while they're still here because yeah, seriously,
0: um, may not
1: be here forever.
0: And with the second one, where you're you're doing the video stuff. Which is becoming, I found more and more a thing. Like, I just had an editorial assignment last week where, like, uh, they hired me to shoot the stills. And then last minute, they're like, hey, by the way, can you, like, just like, film some, like, video content? Some B roll. Which I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. do you find it hard to balance the two? Because obviously, with a job like that, it's not, it's just your family. So you're managing everything. You're shooting stills, you're doing the video. Sure. It's not like a, com- it is commercial, but it's not like a set where you have assistants right? and shit. Was it hard to balance (laughs) both those things?
1: So um, it was the first time for me personally that I ever embarked on a video project with my family where I was the camera operator. Mm -hmm. Every time I work on video projects, there's a DP and we work as a team. Mm -hmm. So since I was in an RV with them and we didn't have... I didn't want anybody with me. It wasn't even about budget. It was about like, just not, you know, just like a family road trip. Right. I had to figure out how I was going to balance that. And I was really a little bit nervous about it because even though the client wanted mostly video, I did promise them some stills. And then I also wanted to shoot my art project. Right. Which is basically stills. So I did have to learn how to juggle it. And so I found that when I, When I first started, I would shoot stills and then switch it to video mode. You know, you can have your custom settings. I just click it to video mode, fine tune the settings, and then just film essentially a still in motion. Mm -hmm. So I realized very quickly that my version of like, you know, videography would be essentially moving still photographs and not a lot of camera movements. Right so I'm I'm uh, I would do occasionally turning and tracking and things like that on my body you know and like moving sideways across the horizon but really what I'm into personally is just static shots that are video mm-hmm. right so like imagine it's just on a tripod
0: yeah
1: so when I frame up my still I would shoot it then I would switch to video mode and then film it and it worked really well for me and then sort of organically you see like oh it's actually better if she's coming out of the RV through the door and like, say I was shooting her standing in the doorway, I would say, okay, you know, stand there, look at me, blah, blah, blah. Look to the right, take a picture, make a video of the same thing. Then I would, then organically, like sort of life would dictate she would come out of the RV and then I'd have all three of them come out of the RV. So like the trip was dictating the scenes for me. I didn't have it storyboarded in my head at all. I was literally winging it. And you know, you're following around these kids and it's a wild environment. You don't know. You never been there. You don't know what it's going to look like, what the light's going to be like. Florida is pretty consistent with the lighting. We had beautiful weather. It was sunny. So it was always kind of consistent settings. So I just sort of let them run wild and really followed their lead. But I also needed to like do, some content of like the adults doing the adult things like cooking and like cleaning and like driving and stuff like that so you know there's moments where I'm just sort of like just brainstorming as we're going and I'm like oh honey get in the car and like drive and I'm going to stand on the side of the road and drive past me a few times so you know it really sort of dictated itself and I feel like I'm always, like, thinking about a photo project as, like, a book. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm, like, creating the images that are going to exist in between the, the beginning and the end of the book. And I feel like the video also does that. It's not narrative in terms of, like, sunrise to sunset. It's more just, like... Piecemeal. Does that makes sense? And it's just like piecing it together. More like a stills photo project, right?
0: Did you have like an idea? Because with the video stuff, it truly is a whole nother craft. Like if, in my mind, still photography is one skill set in video. Yep. Did, you, did you already have a, mi- a mindset of like what the edit was going to be? No Wolf- idea. Yeah, because no like idea. you hear a lot. Like some people will be like, oh, I'm shooting for the edit. Like they work. I don't the, even the, know what
1: that means. I mean, I understand it in theory, but yeah. like that just isn't how my brain works. Yeah. And so like what'll happen on projects is I'll hire a DP to come with me and essentially just like piggyback me, you know, oftentimes on jobs, we're piggybacking TV on, and on, and then often on stills jobs, I'll have my DP just piggybacking me, essentially capturing the video of the stills I'm shooting. And so I'm never shooting for the video edit Mm -hmm. when I'm doing that or when I'm doing the family stuff, because I'm not that far into the process in my head yet. And I feel like if you're going to do that, that's a video production world thing where they know what they're doing and it's storyboarded out up front. Right.
0: That's not yours is purely documentary. Basically. Let me compile as much footage as I can.
1: Yeah. I mean, even on jobs, if we have like, you know, uh, decks with like boards and stuff that we know we want to shoot as stills and I have my DP it's not like storyboarded out. Like this is the beginning. This is the middle. This is the end. We're just winging it. And so also like on those jobs and on a lot of my video work in particular, it's like no audio, right? Like it's too run and gun for audio. So you're left with the ability. The beauty of that is that you're left with the, power of editing sequence in any direction but then the downside to that is you don't have any matching audio with voice so you'd have to do voiceover or music or whatever which i find is a strength in the end for me because i'm trying to make this stuff more poetic anyway and it's not dialogue it's not about dialogue for me it's about emotion more and so like you can drop in the sound of the waves crashing at the beach you don't have to record them right um I could, we, what we did for the fatherly video actually was like kind of amazing. Like we had the girls essentially narrate the video after they edited it Yeah. and we had them, you know, we came up with a bunch of questions and I asked the girls the questions and I recorded it. So fatherly and I, you know, decided on the questions together. We had each girl talk, you know, 33% of the time. So we covered the bases It was super cute because it was in their voices. And they introduced themselves and talked about the trip. You know, basic stuff, right? And then that was the voiceover for the video. And then we can go back and edit based on what they talked about and their answers. So we had a general sense of what the project would look like in terms of just like looking through the footage. But then like there's an instance where Honey honeybee my uh, littlest daughter says like we saw manatees and then we spliced in a shot of honey standing next to the manatee it's like really good in that sense right it freed me up from having to record any audio as we go and as you can imagine that's a whole another job like still photographer then video uh videographer then a sound person like it's just way too much for one person so the way i operate is like just becoming reliant on you know voiceover and music and stuff later Mm. To um make it happen,
0: yeah, like I guess with the the motion stuff or like projects like that, like
1: sorry, can you hear that bird alarm clock going off in the other room?
0: Yeah, it's alright though. Okay,
1: nature with, nerd.
0: With the motion stuff, like where do you see that going? Is that something you want to do more of? Like like I said, it's becoming more and more common, even with the editorial side. It's just video content, video content, because all these companies want. YouTube, yeah. they want IGTV, like little 90-second videos. Totally, yep. Um, I guess for you, do you enjoy it? Where do you see it kind of going? Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, I think that's a really important question right now. The industry, uh, is, you know, this industry is always changing, but like the wave of the present I feel is like, you know, uh, sort of like high-end short clip videography, right? So Maybe that's like leading ads on YouTube or like Instagram stories and all that kind of crap, right? But that stuff is amazing and powerful. And so I'm really into it, actually. I think the last couple of years has taught me to really embrace when Wild and Precious film came out. That was my first foray into video anything, right? And I didn't really understand like what was the potential of how powerful it was as a medium really until then. Oh, yeah. And once that happened, the project was so personal to me and and I feel so beautiful and so perfectly illustrated, everything that I wanted to talk about, that I was instantly sold on it. And then I had the idea that like, this is true for everything I do, or it could be true for everything I do. So I am 100% into the video thing, even if it means... Sadly, more work and no more money on the end for me, right? Because I feel like it just delivers a better message. I can do more and be more and like, you know, get more out of the world, right? Like for my clients, but then also selfishly always for myself. (laughs) So I'm always actually asking clients if I can do it. Yeah. I don't even let them ask me. I'm asking them already. Many times they say no because they just can't deal with it for whatever reason. Like we're doing a, a, a story for the New York Times T Magazine coming up um, next weekend. and Nice. I was, yeah, it's awesome. It's one of my f- my favorite magazines, one of my favorite magazines. And I was like pushing them to let me do some B-roll video. And they were like, don't do it because we have like some, that, you know, they have a video team going out there to do video the day before. So they then not want to overload the guy with too much video. And I totally get it. And I was like, okay, no worries. But all I could think of was like, oh man, it's going to be so beautiful where we are. And he's such an interesting dude. I can't wait to like, follow him around with the video camera and hear him talking about like what he's doing. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I'm even on these like editorial sort of jobs right this is like a smaller editorial gig and I'm always just pushing for it because I feel like for me in the end it's better even to have just a little snippet of video content just like you said to throw up on IGTV or something I
0: would say don't ask just do it (laughs) like for real (laughs) well
1: I mean when you're dealing with like subjects sometimes you just got to be careful time yeah yeah. and then you know like video video releases are different than stills releases so I just want to make sure like legally i'm covered you know what i mean yeah because actually when i shoot editorial subjects i don't have them sign model releases like that the magazine does that in the background yeah but like if i'm gonna have the dude on video on my website i feel like i need to just approach it from a little bit more of a like legally protected
0: yeah I i don't
1: know that's a great question i don't know is that even true i would think it's probably true in some regards like stills where like if he obviously is sitting for you yeah then you're legally covered I admit, I'm
0: just, and i get that part i was just more saying like because like anytime as you know finding clients in this business is hard enough so it's always what can you do to deliver more totally even if they ask you for this what can you do to deliver more sure. that they didn't ask because they they might yeah. say no It's says like yeah i will send them this stuff and then they look at it and they're like oh actually uh we could we could use that Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we did this this other job that I'm really excited about that we did over the course of the last year. We're, we just wrapped it up. Was a a year long campaign for Rhode Island tourism. Oh yeah. With okay. my with the agency Nail in Providence, which is my favorite mm-hmm. um, local agency, and my good friends. And uh, you know, we just spent a year having an amazing time traveling around Rhode Island. Oh,
0: so you guys worked on that for a whole year.
1: Yeah, it was a year long campaign because. I mean, we didn't shoot obviously that often, but we had to cover all four seasons for the campaign. So we had to show some like winter activity, some fall activity with foliage, spring activity, and then some summer activity. So it was great. Essentially it was two campaigns, fall, winter, and then spring, summer. Mm. And so I brought along my DP with me to shadow me, essentially piggyback me and just, just grab content. And, you know, nail was super excited about that because, um, we're doing more for them for their client. They didn't have to pay for it because they 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 essentially didn't have the budget for it. So I did it anyway yeah. for me. But the, the 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 flip side of that is if they want to use it, then they're going to obviously pay you for it on the back end. But you're making more content and you're making you're going through the the you know the pain of putting on this beautiful production and getting all the talent and styling and making everything look amazing. It's a bit of a waste in my mind to not, like, give it as much attention as it deserves. Yeah. So I think you're right. Like, offering more to the client, sometimes even, A, against their will, yeah. and then, B, maybe without their wishes. Yeah. Like you said, don't ask. Just it's, go for it.
0: It's it's tough, though, because it's like this double-edged sword. It's like, because you as an artist, you want to create, you want to do these things. But then it's on the other hand, it's like it's like a business, so you can't be giving away shit for totally. free all the time. So totally, it's a, man. it's like this constant balance. Like you, I was talking to you and Nils last week, uh, Erickson, about like like difficult contracts where it's like they're asking for more than you want to give. Like how do you know when to like say no or push back? Because it's it's a tough thing because you don't want to be a difficult. Uh, vendor to your, your client. Sure, so sure. It's, it's like this weird balance. Like how do you kind of p- pick your fight?
1: Yeah, it's tough because you know, like you work well, depends editorially is different than commercial, right? Commercial commercially. It's pretty straightforward and you know, everybody's, everybody's sort of on the same team. But when you flip over to the editorial side, I feel like the photo editors are more on the photographer's team than on the corporate team. So they realize that the contracts are bullshit. Yeah. And they do their best to try to help that you know mediate that but their stra- they, they're, 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 their hands are tied dude that gets handed down to them from legal and they say if you want this guy to shoot for you he has to sign the contract that says we're gonna pay him once and we can use his images in perpetuity which is total and bullshit that's, that's like right? the new
0: term I've been seeing more and more of perpetuity, in- in perpetuity per- yeah. it's like I, I mean I've been doing this 10 years like that's this every magazine now is kind of going that direction which right. is kind of like and it's like this broad term they're like yeah we can use it in platforms that don't even exist yet right. I'm like well what the like literally I I saw that. I was like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's messed up because, I mean, uh, on one hand, we're all smart humans and we get it. They're just like covering their ass and trying to benefit the best they can. They know we're all really willing to do the job and very happy to do it. Mm -hmm. And we have a good life and we like what we do and we're happy to keep it going. Mm -hmm. So we're going to sign the goddamn contract. Mm -hmm. It just sucks because there's not a ton of leverage unless there's a full blown industry wide boycott, which isn't going to happen yeah. because as less and less sort of quote unquote professional photographers come into the game, they don't even care or know about how the contract stuff works. Luckily, you know, like I'm fortunate enough to have a great agent that I work with who helped me sort of navigate all the legal contracts and bullshit that comes up. And they're very good about reading it all it's certainly one of the reasons you want to have like a team that you're working with, like an agency, like people always say like, Oh, you don't need an agent. Agents don't get you work. Mm. I mean, I think good agents get you work. Yeah. Good agents read your contracts, keep you safe. And they're team players, right? Like it's a package deal. And if you want to sit at home and read your contract and try to understand that legal mumbo jumbo, go for it. I do not. Yeah. I want to be outside shooting. I don't want to put together Estima- I don't want to do paperwork of any kind if I don't have to. I mean, I, I do it constantly. But I would rather pay somebody to do it, right? Like you're paying your agent their commission to handle this stuff for you and one of the things they do is protect you so if there's like bullshit lines in your contracts we'll cross them off yeah
0: literally they, they can be the bad absolutely
1: good cop bad cop on the good cop hey man she's just doing it not me yeah and the photo editor's like dude you got to sign the thing and i'm like uh, she won't sign it i'm sorry yeah, yeah you know we can play that game a little bit right yeah And the photo editor knows, like, again, like the photo editors are always so on your side, like they're your friends they are in your corner. They don't want to screw you. No way. They love you. They love your work. That's why they're calling you. Right. Yeah. You know that there's a million photographers and if they're calling you to do the job, they really are. They really obviously want to work with you and have your best interest in mind so they don't want to screw you over and tell you like we're going to pay you like no money and then we're going to use your picture for all eternity even in shit that doesn't exist yet yeah. like we're going to use it on billboards on the side of floating cars someday <laughs> and you have no control over that yeah that, it's just stupid but like they can't say no because yeah. they are you know it's the it's a it's a military like chain of command thing right like they have to tell their boss there's no nose going up the chain of command right it's only going down yeah so um i just deal with the best i can try not to worry about it but yeah it sucks because like the re you know the reuse of images is amazing right and like when you get a call like hey we want to rerun your photo in like vogue espana and not just vogue you're stoked Uh, right like (laughs) even if it's 300 bucks you're just like hey rad now my pictures are in vogue espana and I have 300 bucks, blah, 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 you know, and that's gone, dude, forget it. Now it's like, we could do whatever we want with it for as long as we want with it. It's like,
0: if this publisher owns 30 other magazines of right. their thing, they're like, oh, we can throw it in there too. That's whatever.
1: right. And yeah. oh, and by the way, our budgets got slashed in half. So we used to pay you yeah. X amount. Now we're paying you half that much and it's- have fun. Oh, and we need video content. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shit show, but we could be pushing paper behind a desk somewhere yeah, yeah.
0: It's, uh... and
1: I'm happy to be out in the world, like getting dirty, doing all kinds of stuff like that. You know, I get to work with my family. I get to sit here with you on like, what's, this is work, right? Like we're at work right now. It's kind of funny <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. We'll go get like lunch after this or something and hang out. And like, you know, there's a lot of people out there hating their life right now. So I do try to keep it in perspective, man. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, my wife, she has a great job, but she works for the state of Rhode Island. Yeah. There's a lot of bullshit bureaucracy in her job, not necessarily with the people she works with face-to-face, just in the process of, like, working in a in an organization. Like, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. I could never do it. Yeah. So, like, I pick my battles mentally, you know? Like, legally, whatever. I want to do the job. You know, the other thing, it's like I've realized uh, in my time shooting editorial stuff is that like sometimes when you least expect it, a, you're going to get, you can get the most amazing pictures you're going to meet. You could meet some amazing people and lots of opportunities could pop up. Oh, for yeah, these, you, can like, meet,
0: you can meet cl- clients that totally. It's just, yeah. It's just, you meet so like,
1: there's a lot of reasons. Like when I'm thinking about like, this is bullshit. Do I want to not do this? Like $700 job, like for a small magazine mm. picture, and then they get to like sort of like milk me on the photos too. I'm like, all right, well, where is it? Who is it? What could it lead to? Is it nice out? Am yeah. I going to get sunburned? Yeah. You know, are we going to have a nice lunch? You know, it's like there's a lot that goes into sort of. Am I? In- you never want to say no because then people remember like, oh, last time, he's like difficult. you know, yeah, he's a pain in the ass. He didn't want right. to sign the contract.
0: Yeah, you got yeah, to play the game. Like times yeah, change. Yeah, you got to like- play
1: the game, and times are changing, dude. Like I said, it's like. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, every, in the next couple years, every job you shoot, regardless of what it is, is in perpetuity. Oh, you want the job? You'll sign the contract. Well, I find that with that. Advertising, game. I think, I, is going to go that way.
0: I think it already kind of is. Like, yeah. Unless <sighs> it's, like a, like, a huge campaign, but that might even switch, too. But, like, even, like, the mid sized like, campaigns, when you're, like, piggybacking on broadcast or something, where you're just picking up stills, which right. still pays good. Yep. But a lot of times, they just want, like, Uh, basically essentially work for hire like a lot of times. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's also kind of the easiest job you're ever going to do. You kind of just stand around with your camera waiting for key moments to happen. It's pretty great. But like, you know, I think the days of like global buyout just for the sake of maybe we'll use it in Japan someday are gone. Mm -hmm. Those big budget jobs are, I just, I haven't seen them in years, man, actually. Um, You know, everything, I think people are much more savvy than they used to be. And as photographers we used to be able to say like hey it's better for you to pay us up front now and have the rights to use the picture later anywhere you want then we don't have to call the models then we don't have to reissue talent releases blah 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 blah." and they would be like oh yeah let's just do it now it's like they're creating content so fast and furiously it's actually just easier to shoot something new cheaper yeah right and i think they know that and like there's more photographers, many more photographers, less jobs. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a devastating it's, it's, combination. It's,
0: if you look at like simple principles of business, supply and demand, right. what product or service do you have that can fill a void in whatever right. market you're right. working in? And you, when you look at photography, it's the worst because, well, it's, yeah, for yeah. the most part, not I mean, to, say, yeah, not, yeah, not to yeah. say, I'm not trying to get down and glimpse <laughs> No, no, it's there true. Are, the, it, that's the hardest thing. You have to find like your niche and that's I, for me I don't know what it is for other people the hardest thing is finding your niche within this business and I mm-hmm. think you have kind of like you mentioned yeah. it you kind of kind of discover what you're kind of going after totally. in the last totally. year like you're the father, your it's nature, and it's like it took you a long time to figure out what your niche yeah, was. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, absolutely. That's a nice. I like Alex. You're good at this podcast. You've done. You've, you're doing really well. Hundredth episode. You have essentially brought us right back to the very first moment of this podcast. I like it, dude. <laughs> so you're right. Uh, your niche is everything, right? Like everybody can take great photos every iphone is fucking amazing it's ridiculous it is crazy so what else if everything's equal what else you got so my thing is very specific to me i think oh there's a lot of people doing it it's a huge industry now this sort of like back to nature family photography thing there's a lot of famous youtubers a lot of sponsored mommy bloggers i like them all man i'm not i do not hate on them at all As a matter of fact, I think we're kindred spirits in many ways. Uh, I try to be a lover, not a fighter when it comes to this stuff. You know, I'm part of this group called um, Born Wild Project. It's a new thing for me. I just signed up with it. You guys should check it out online, especially if you're into like outdoor photography and parenting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, These two women started started this thing, and it's a whole big thing, and I think it has so much amazing potential that I reached out to them and I said, hey, you guys what you're doing is awesome and I want to be part of it. And they were like, Oh, awesome. So now we're partnering up together. I'm one of their most, uh, I'm their newest, I think ambassador. And you know, it's about like this idea of like back to nature, parenting and stuff and photography and, and, you know, and you know, content creation and all that. And I have, my life has led me down this path. So I feel like that's my sweet spot. And like over the last few years, I've realized, Not only is it, like, A, what I'm good at, what my life dictates, but it's also what I want to do. And it's a niche that I'm into, right? Like, you know, I have a lot of photographers that are, like, sports photographers. Like, you said, Nils. Like, Nils is amazing. He's like, I kind of think of Nils as, like, an event photographer. He will go to any event and shoot, like, the most amazing photos regardless of what it is. Right? So that's really hard to do. Like, I try to do that, and I'm not nearly as good as he is at it. But, like... What I'm good at is going out and capturing like what I want to do in my artwork, right? So I've been lucky enough and smart enough to figure out how to sort of push that into my commercial photography. It's always been my goal. But until you have the kids and you have a couple clients under your belt and then you can work on it, work on it, work on it. And I think my personal project, Wild and Precious, really... Put me in that spot when that project came out. I think people paid attention because it was a book, a show, and a in a in a film at the same time, and it really sort of solidified me as like nature dad, right? Yeah. And then I just ran with it, right? Yeah. And so from there. That's your specialty, sort of, right? So we did a project for Honda yep. where we shot, um, I don't know if I'd talked to you about this in the past, but like we did this project with Honda, which yep. was incredible, where we traveled around photographing what it means to be a dad in America. Yeah, I mean, how amazing is that for a project? That's an art project like, for a commercial client. Like when you
0: were, because you and me, we kind of, we, we met assisting and we kind of both broke off from assisting around the same yeah, time. Yeah, totally. A little over 10 years ago.
1: Thank you, Tiber.
0: Yeah, thanks, Tiber. Uh, like, when you, when you kind of think back to your mindset back then when you're breaking off and, like, what you're doing now, like, do you feel like uh, – were you kind of chasing down clients? Like, because I did this, too. Like, I remember, like, when I first started – I started creating this work of, like – because New Balance is based in Boston. Of course. So our, every shoe company. So, like, I shot, like – from Nike. I just, like, did these, like, test shoots where I shot, like, runners, like, models and shakes. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like I've done it. And uh, – for me, what I think I realized is like when you do that and it's not sincere, people don't like react to it the right way. Because I think the people, like you were just saying, like the stuff with your family, people react to it because <sighs> there's a sincerity to the work you're doing. Like, it, did it kind of take you a while to get to that point, you think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally, man. Like, I did it. I shot the New Balance running test. I did it with Arnold Worldwide. We did it actually for New Balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what happened was Arnold loved the photographs we pitched it to new balance running yep. and they were like, they're way too edgy, way too gritty, way too <laughs> gnarly. And they hired a running photographer. Exactly. That's and what I does. thought, shit, man. Yeah. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. And, uh, Arnold was like, Hey man, we love the pictures and we pitched you and pushed you hard. And like, you know what? They're just going with their guy that shoots like running where the foot is just about to leave the ground. Every picture is exactly the same. This, and, and you know, New Balance has since left Arnold and been all over the place. But, like, I think you're absolutely right. Like, you're searching a little bit. And you should always push yourself, I think, into places that are um, a stretch. Because Definitely. you never know. I shoot a ton of stuff that isn't... Nature You know, like we, I was just telling you before you turned on the mics and stuff. We just did a campaign for pure water, like shooting water faucets, people standing at the sink, pouring water. Right. Sounds like it could be really bad. It isn't. It's really amazing. However, it's not the typical thing. Right. So I think what happens and I think like, you know, I'm always trying to like, when I talk to students and like photographers who are like sort of coming up, I always tell them like, um, have faith because like you may not, there's a lot of opportunities for work out there and like do your thing that you love, pick your, you know, find your niche, hammer away at it and become that person
0: patience
1: patience but then you're also going to be amassing sort of like a following of people that like you for your niche Mm -hmm. and then they're going to get jobs that have nothing to do with your niche and they're going to call you and they're going to say hey we want you to shoot these piggyback a video crew shooting pure water faucet filters
0: (laughs) Yeah. And
1: it's an amazing job. Yeah. You're shooting with your friends. It's an amazing opportunity. And you make amazing pictures. And it has nothing to do with like me traveling around with my family in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that happens too. It's part of your snowball. Like, I know this is like the old sort of. Uh, uh, You know Analogy for like Your career It's like you have Your little snowball You're rolling it down the hill And it's constantly Gaining momentum Getting more snow Getting traction You pick up some pine cones And (laughs) pick up some pine needles And stuff along the way But your your snowball's Getting bigger dude As you go right So now my snowball Is rolling And at the center Of that snowball Is me and my family Rolling around in an RV But on the periphery Of that snowball Is like random Editorial jobs I shot some Pictures of some um, Local Rhode Island entrepreneurs and chefs and their food products because I love the, the, the incubator that helped them get their businesses going. And I have a relationship with them. I I don't have a personal vested interest in like food photography, certainly, but they needed it. It's on my snowball. Right. And now I have this pure water thing on my snowball. And I love the pure water stuff actually, because I think like also what's happening is that like in the market, People in in the advertising world and, and of course in the editorial world, I have found that like, and I battle, I battle this all the time, man. It's like, when you're going on a job, you have the idea of what the client wants. And I always start there weirdly, like. The picture that I think the client wants, right? Like I just did this shoot for Fortune. It's in newsstands now. And uh, I did a shoot for Fast Company at CVS, which is in our lovely state of Rhode Island in lovely Woonsocket. Woonsocket, baby. If you haven't been to Woonsocket, (laughs) you definitely need to go visit it. And um, so... You know, like I have an idea of like what ma- what type of pictures fortune magazine likes and the fast company likes kind of the same pictures in some ways, right? Yeah, like yeah. Flash and- flashy, nice, beautiful, um, corporate type portraiture, but like edgy and really good. You know what I mean? So I have that in mind. I know what they shoot. I know. I look at the magazines every month. I know what they want. I know what they're showing. And that's where I start. So I do that. And when I get there, I shoot those pictures. They're not even like Jesse pictures. Yeah. But then I slowly just turn into myself and totally come back to who you are. And then I shoot the picture of like the guy that's like hiding in the pine tree. Yeah. And of course that's the one she picks man. Right. It's like I shot the ones that I thought she wanted. Yeah. Which aren't really my sweet spot per se, but they're more, Geared towards the magazine, and I shot, and then I shot the one. I'm like, oh, by the way, can you come over here and like just kind of stand in front of this pine tree because it's like amazing. And of course, that's the better picture. And of course, that's the one she picked.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh, this business is this mental gymnastics, man. Like it's like it's at least for me. I can't speak for anybody else. It's this it did. A lot of this business is rejection, because like you mm. said, it's um, everyone wants to do it, there's more and more people every day, and a lot of it is just kind of rolling with those punches, because as you know, especially with advertising, almost every time I've ever got contacted by an advertising agency to do a job, they contact you, they have a job in mind, and within 24, 48 hours, that job has changed 10 times. Then it gets canceled or it gets moved. Yeah. Have you always been good at dealing with the the rejection and this kind of like the constant like. uh
1: (sighs) Yeah, I think I'm real, realistic about things. Um, The rejection sucks. Uh, and who deals well with rejection? I mean, if you're out there, please call me and tell me how you do it because like I have not mastered that yet. Yeah. No, I mean, disappointments, huge dude. Yeah. You know, like in January we had this like really big job and I really wanted it with this agency that I really want to work with. And I really love the woman who was reaching out to me and it was amazing. And I was so excited. And then it went to another photographer because he had experience shooting like a medical condition. Yeah. That's like it almost impossible to have experience shooting yep. unless you decide one day I'm gonna go do this thing very specifically. Yep. And I was like, okay, well listen. This is like really heartbreaking because it was a lot of money. It was an amazing job. And you spent so, a lot of putting those bits. Oh my together God. Cause you dude, put the treatments
0: the treatments. Yeah, of course the, man. The treatment, was like the, the treatment n- was like the
1: best treatment I've ever made. Yeah. Right?
0: It's, it's a lot of time. And then
1: you lose it because of something that's completely out of your control. So like as it, it was one of the most painful ones, but also the least painful because I realized it had nothing to do with me. Mm. It was not, I didn't not get it because of a detriment in my work. He got it because of like this really insane bonus in his work. Yeah. Right. And so I try to think about that stuff, but yeah, it's brutal, dude. Nobody answers emails. No even people i know and love and have drinks with don't answer <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just everybody's busy yeah, right yeah, yeah. you, can't take, it per- you can't take it overstimulated
0: you can't take it personally because everyone just gets wrapped up in their, right. own, their totally, own totally 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 their own world it is tough because i yeah i do i think every photographer kind of deals with those things sometimes it's just a matter of like don't go to the dark place don't go to the dark. yeah <laughs> and it's hard you know
1: because like i tend to take everything very personally yeah i actually care about like all of these uh, they're like acquaintances they're not my friends these yep. these business acquaintances yep. but I care about these relationships definitely and I like these people and it's really heartbreaking when this stuff doesn't work out for you for whatever reason right and you can't help but take it personal because you feel like and Instagram is making this worse dude because then you feel like you know their family and you know what they're doing and then you know their husband on Instagram and you know their kids and you're like but fuck, man! I know we know each other. We're, we're friends. Yeah, you know, you're not. But friend. there's a lot
0: of moving parts, and you're not the only friend in the world. And absolutely, absolutely, it's a mind melter, dude. I was gonna ask you about that because you have like a pretty uh, big following on Instagram, and like you kind of mentioned it, social media. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of social media is weird. It's like this good thing, bad thing. I talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on social media as someone you kind of have a large following? Has it been beneficial to your business? Okay, what's the what's the what's the plus and minuses of of social media?
1: Yeah, um, I am a big believer in social media. When I say social media, I mean Instagram because I don't really do Facebook. I definitely don't do Twitter.
0: Twitter's the shit. People, I know
1: people are hating on Twitter, but like I think I'm getting back into it a little bit now. Actually, it's, it's more of
0: a dialogue.
1: Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Uh, I was just reading the, the the piece that like Rob put out on a photo editor about like using Twitter in I photography, and, and how it's helpful. The problem is, dude, there's only so many freaking hours in I a know, day, I know, I know, and I can't I know. be a full time dad, a full time photographer, a full time Instagrammer, <laughs> nah, <agree>. and now <laughs> Twitter. drop Twitter into my tool belt. Forget <laughs> it. You need a you need a social media manager yeah, for Christ's sake. But um, so. I like Instagram still for the same reasons I liked it when it first came out in 2010. It is visual Twitter. Yeah. I like pictures. Yeah. I like a little bit of text and I like seeing people, other people's business, right? It's amazing for those three things. What are people working on? So right? I get to see what you're doing. If you should choose to show me your personal life or your professional life, I get to snoop on it. It's amazing. I get to keep in touch with my friends. Low, low, low contact levels, right? Like I can keep tabs on a lot of shit, right? This is why, uh, you know, reality TV was so successful. Yeah. It's a peek behind the curtain. And so I have always used my Instagram. It has never changed. You could scroll back to the very first post. I have always used it as a notebook, a sketchbook for my brain. Yeah. The biggest part of my brain is my photography and my family. It's like kind of one thing. So what you're going to find on my feed is mostly my photography and my family. You will find current events because it's a really good way to reach out to people to be like, Hey, what's up? I'm going to be on the hundredth podcast with Alex. You (laughs) guys should check it out. (laughs) So I'll shout it out on there. Right. People will see it. They'll get stoked. It's a really good way to stay connected to people with low impact levels. Um, It's a really good way to see what's. Trending. I love trends. I love current, all kinds of stuff. I follow soccer. I'm a big Liverpool fan. Uh, Just one have to say, shout out to Liverpool for winning the (laughs) Champions League. Um, I'm a big skateboarder my whole life. As you know, coincidentally, we were both grew up as skateboarders before we knew each other. So that's another thing that connects us. So I stay connected to the Liverpool world, the photography world, the skateboard world, the music world, the art scene which is very separate from the commercial photography world. Very, very separate. I can straddle all those worlds in one app, man. It's magical. Right. And so I'm just one piece in that puzzle. And so I think all of those worlds connect to me also on there. Right. So I have never been afraid to really milk Instagram. And so for me, what that means is like putting my family and my life on blast out there because that's what I do. Um, People often ask me like, don't you feel weird, like putting your kids on Instagram? And I feel like not really, because I put my kids in my, my artwork is about my children in many ways, right? Like, my like, let's like fine artwork only wild and precious. I'm, I'm currently editing my next body of work. It's kind of an exciting announcement for me actually to make is that like, I have essentially wrapped up shooting um, my next sort of art project. So I'm currently in the process of editing it. Yeah. Uh, some of the pictures of course will be from these jobs that I went on, right? So, that world and the way that I operate in that sphere is very different than the commercial photography world which really takes up like 75% of my work, my life, my brain, my time. So like I'm able to like dip into both things through Instagram. It's amazing. And um sorry, and then back to the point which is like I put my kids like in the pictures on Wild and Precious like the project was about me and my daughter Mm -hmm. then I had two more daughters so now the project is about me and my wife and the three kids and the farm and stuff and so it makes sense that that stuff is visible in the fine art world then it would obviously also make sense that stuff is visible in Instagram too right it's the same thing yep I'm not worried about like security people stealing the pictures we're in a post like copyright era dude I mean I hate to say it yeah yeah but like if you want to steal my pictures have have at it, man, because I got no control over that. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I copyright it, metadata and stuff. Did, That's all you can really do.
0: Did Did you find because you are interesting? Uh, you and Jonathan Coswick both had us like you were on Instagram, and then I think you got what was it, like reposted, and there's like a ton of you guys got a ton of followers. Like, in yeah, a, yeah. In
1: Instagram put me on as a suggested user back in the day. This is like five years. ago. Yeah, so now. you got yeah. a lot of followers. Do you bumped f- up big time? Yeah. Do you feel like having all those followers? Was it beneficial?
0: Your business? Did people take absolutely. You? Yeah. Why, why I didn't, why sorry. it's like,
1: yeah, sorry. I didn't, I didn't acknowledge that part of your question earlier. Yes. Instagram has been huge for my business. Um,
0: did you see a change though when you went from like you know whatever how a change you had of how three, many jobs you, I got or, or just or just even like did the people take you more seriously because definitely is a, it is a weird thing it's like this no question it's like, dude people are like oh this guy has a certain amount of followers they look at it like uh it's like a validity to it for people look absolutely. at absolutely yeah of so you, so you saw a difference when you went from three thousand to like a hundred thousand
1: well do you think there's a difference between three thousand a hundred thousand uh.
0: I I just curious. I, 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 th- this is what I say. I agree that people perceive it as. No, what do
1: you personally think? Not what people think.
0: What do I personally? Yeah, think? yeah, yeah. I just, think a a I just look at the work because there's like
1: photographers. Person- right. Understand it. I understand, yeah, it. Yeah, I understand yeah, it from yeah, yeah. a client perspective, yeah. but
0: there's photographers that I follow that have like 1,500 that are fucking dope Dude, photographers.
1: Don't start looking down the wormhole. It's <laughs> devastating because everybody is a good photographer. Yeah. You get depressed very quickly. But I just, I
0: was more of the conversation. No followers. It's, it's just, so good. It's just interesting because I know you. Yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah, know, yeah. I know. I'm, I know just,
1: you, I'm always curious what other photographers you, think about I know this you, shit. Right? I know
0: from talking, you've gotten some opportunities and like brand deals and so stuff. So
1: here's what I think. And I use this again as a sort of a teaching point when I'm teaching classes
0: yeah.
1: because I get a lot of like sort of like lecture things of lecture opportunities for various schools to come in and talk to the students about the business of photography. Yeah, I love teaching. So you guys should all call me to come talk to your classes. Cause yeah. I love, I love dealing with like millennials, man. They're the best, yeah. right? Like in so many ways. So the first thing I say to them is that perception is reality. And I use Instagram as a means of describing what I mean. Yeah. The life I live on Instagram just so happens to be true, yep. but at times I will sway it in a direction so that you perceive my life in the way that I want you to. So for example, I went to Slovenia uh, a few months back as a, this is an amazing opportunity yep. and it ties into your question in a way. I was asked to go to Slovenia, which for those of you that don't know, is a country that borders Croatia and it looks, Italy. looks awesome. It was incredible. I was asked by the U S government to go as a cultural ambassador for the U S embassy in Slovenia, totally insane, random request. Part of the reason I got asked is because I am an Instagram photographer in the United States by the guy who asked me to come.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what I did when I went to Slovenia is like slowly roll out my Instagram feed so it looked like I was in Slovenia for a long time, yeah. longer than I was. Yeah. So I would make sure to dole out the perception yeah. to you, Alex, yep. that I want you to have of me.
0: That you're like, yeah, because I, I remember talking to Brian Fink and he was like, yeah, he's like... You just want people that make it look like you're traveling all the time because then they'll hire you for travel jobs. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but you're, you're right. It's it, totally because true. Then they're the, yeah, they're, that's just
1: one way. They're, right. like, yeah. they're
0: like, Jesse Burke is a travel guy. We'll send him here. Like, right.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, I am.
0: Yeah. No, you're yeah, But I also. But you're feeding ex- the uh,
1: Yeah, I perpetuate it yeah. for sure, dude. Yeah. And clients, no one knows the truth yeah. because you only see what I. You only know because I talk to you. It's
0: wild. But man. no <laughs> one else knows
1: the truth, right? Like, when I show shot this where I shot this where I am what I'm doing right so Instagram you can you can curate your life and so I do that very minimally but I do do it Mm -hmm. and I tell the students like perception is reality if I want you to have the perception that I'm busy and cool and working and all of these things then my job is to make you feel that way in hopes to make you do the next thing, which is to like call me because feeling that way then makes you want to hire me or something like that. Right. So Instagram is an amazing tool for that. Yeah it's not insincere necessarily but it's accentuated reality i call it
0: and that's not to say i don't want people listening to think like if you're a young photographer you don't need a lot of followers to be a successful photographer not at all look at fucking dude i look at john hewitt as one of my idols in photography he has like three thousand maybe
1: five thousand in my mind he should fucking he's like one of the biggest Yeah. well just a perception is reality yeah and success is not you not- financial only. Yeah. Right. So let's use John Hewitt as an example. Yeah. John Hewitt has made a lot of money in his career. Yeah. He only has 5,000 followers on Instagram. Those two things are clearly not connected.
0: Exactly. But I think a younger photographer would be like, I need to have a... Well, 20- I feel th- like
1: they have different pressures than we do. John Hewitt's a more old school guy who's been yeah. killing it. He also sort of came up in the like IBM library yeah. world of photography where they would pay you a hundred grand to shoot a library of photos. Again, that stuff's just not happening anymore. Yeah. But I know tons of photographers, a lot of old school photographers, you know, like maybe in their like 50s, yeah. who are not crushing it on f- Instagram. Yeah but are crushing it on Successful. the bank account.
0: Exactly. That's, that's that's just the point. I well, I, make. I
1: would trade Instagram. I would never go on Instagram again, starting right this second. If I could be totally financial freedom for the rest of my life.
0: 100%. That, that's, that was just the point I'm making the young yeah, photographers totally. that it, it, it is a tool. It's been beneficial right. to you, but it's not everything. It's just a, no, it's just, a tool it's in the just
1: another tool, right? Like yeah. I have this new little Sony camera that I love filming video with yeah, yeah. That's just another tool. It's gonna fade, come in and out. I feel like stories is taking more precedent over posts now. So, like you know, even Instagram's changing. The influence of Instagram's changing. Yes, I had. I think at the most, I had one hundred thirty thousand followers, dude. That is nothing. Yeah, I know. It's a drop in the bucket. And you know, every dipshit wannabe (laughs) rapper has four million. And
0: you know, as uh, the one thing I was kind of curious asking you is a father of three girls what are you like, kids with social media like really? that I can't ima- don't get me started I can't imagine because like going to I remember being a kid in like middle school and high school and kids are bullies but I can't imagine kids must be brutal on social media what, so
1: what? yeah it's interesting so I can only tell you what I know and yep. what I see which is just personal to my life yep. and so my oldest daughter Clover was on Instagram Yep. okay and this is, could be like a little parent chat for a second here, right? I gave her Instagram because she likes to say, like, I'm famous. I'm on Google. She Googles her name. She sees her picture. So, you know, when she was younger, she was joking, mostly joking. But she would say, like, look, I'm famous. I need my own Instagram account. Daddy. haha. ha. So I let her have it very quickly. She started following strangers. This is on a private account, dude. Yeah. very quickly she started following like her favorite music and then fans of her music. And then the fans were following her. And then, you know, you have this potentially innocent situation where like you have fans of like the Dolan twins in California, following the fans of Dolan twins in Rhode Island. But the fans, you don't really know that that like 13 year old girl on the other end is actually a 13 year old girl. Yeah. So you try not to scare the shit out of your kid and tell her it's like a creepy old dude in his basement, <laughs> but you try to Guide them and keep them safe. Yeah. So after the second time I warned her about it, I removed her from Instagram. Got it. Yeah. She just got it back after a six-month hiatus yep. with very, very strict... You just have to monitor it Monitoring. Yeah. She cannot have Snapchat. That is way too scandalous. Yeah. Do not let your kids have Snapchat.
0: I don't even use it. <laughs> I don't either.
1: Um, they are doing some... Scan- just Google it. It is gnarly. Really? Okay instagram on private safe friends only if they're not your friend you don't need to follow them and i just i don't mean like you're not following every kid in your school they're not all your friends so we're very strict with it now what i do not want it so what is most important to me is obviously her safety and her health both physically and mentally right yeah you're talking about bullying and all that bullshit that comes along with it that stuff happens i don't see it happening in her circle. That's good. It's amazing. If anything, they're complimentary and not bullying. Yep. Maybe I just don't see it. I'm sure it happens everywhere. Yep. Just not there. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing is I do not want to limit her creative outlets, man. She is an incredibly creative person. She wants to be a photographer. The shit she does blows my mind. It is stuff I would never think to do. Mm. She's brilliant. Yeah. They're all brilliant. You know, she's not special in that sense. These kids are smart and brilliant little artists. And Instagram is an outlet and a tool for her to use her creativity and make cool stuff. And I realized that she was missing that when Instagram went away. Like it's a vehicle for helping her produce art. Yeah. And so I was torn between like her safety and talking to strangers. And potential risk of, like, being more on the line of, like, getting bullied. Mm. She would never bully. She's a lover, not a fighter. If anything, she just doesn't understand why anyone would ever want to bully someone. She's just a little naive in that sense. Yeah but then also restricting her creatively. So I think you got to choose your battles and like sort of monitor a little bit. You know, like we have very strict rules.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. No
1: tongue out in the picture. (laughs) No duck lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, none of the stupid like things, right?
0: That's wild, man. I think about being a kid now, like, I can't imagine being in school and they got, you got, you got YouTube, Wikipedia. This Dude, is all these like bananas. When we were kids, you had to go to the card catalog. <laughs> it's wild, man. It's a different world. It's a is. different
1: world. And so like, I think, you know, me being on Instagram helps me be, be more relevant in my job, yep. up to date with like culture and like more like on top of my kids hmm. and like parental, parent, parental, yeah. parental sort of like in some ways it's really helpful. So I think Instagram's an amazing tool. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, lo- I love, you posted this thing like, um, oh, you posted uh, this thing t- like, t-
0: today's office. Yeah, today's
1: office. I thought that was amazing I, uh, because that- I felt that <laughs> I've been feeling it for years as we all do by the way, but no one wants to say it, but you were like, listen, fuck off. We all know you're cool and busy. Stop showing us how cool and busy you yeah, are.
0: And I'm not to say I'm not guilty either. Cause like anytime I'm having a good day, like you're seeing the highlight reel on Instagram, but I, was, I, I don't know, that was just my pet peeve, like today's office. Because I was like, there's a lot of people that <sighs> don't don't have a cool job like us. And they're fucking in fucking cubicle country. <laughs> and I, I don't know, that, that one always just irked me.
1: It, it irks you, but doesn't it somewhere also like make you feel a little bit good that like yeah this is your world a little bit in some ways see the way i interpret that is like you guys know what he's saying right today's office and it's a picture of like them on set like in malibu yes yeah, so right <laughs> yeah. and you're like fuck off man we feel like <laughs> surfboards and models in malibu yeah man. you get a little bit jealous that you're not shooting that yeah, job yeah. even though 99 percent of those offices don't make sense for you yeah you still know that that person's working and if you're not working as much as them it induces anxiety and and jealousy. Don't compare. Right? Don't compare. It's yourself. impossible to not feel those things. But at the same time, I get super stoked for my friends that are doing yeah, it yeah, and then posting it. So part of me hates it and then I love it. So like I'm like, all right, fine, fuck it. You can do it, yeah. and I'm just going to get pissed and happy at the same time. Yeah. But then you know when you're on set and you have an amazing opportunity to take a photo of you in Malibu at the beach with the surfers <laughs> and the models, you're like, yeah damn, this is good. Like, I do want to share it with Alex. Yeah. And like, I do also like just for not for nothing. Obviously they're posting it just like, uh, who said it, who, uh, Brian Fink said, to show them that they're yeah, busy they're and they're hustling, yeah, right? Yeah. And like busyness begets more busyness, right? Yeah. Like the greasy wheel, dude. It's a mindfuck, man. It's a mindfuck, <laughs> but it's real and it works, right? Like if you want to shoot for X, Y, and Z and they're all following you, you post a picture that you're shooting something dope, they're going to be like, hey, we should call Alex to shoot this thing. He's out in Malibu mm. shooting this thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I get it, you gotta but the- I also get pissed off about it. So I was like, yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to
0: yeah, you gotta play the game and like, yeah, because I've, I've definitely done that too you compare yourself to what other people are doing Absolutely. or what they've accomplished. But, it's impossible. But what you got to realize is like whatever person you're comparing yourself to, like they probably, they might've been in it longer and they're just at a different stage totally. in their career. Totally. And you just got to like look at it as inspiration. And then the, but at the end of the day, this, at least for me, this is what I do is try to stay focused on what I'm doing. Right. And day by day, build on it and just don't, just don't get bummed down like uh, comparing it's yourself. hard man yeah. it's
1: hard yeah. because we know this is a little you're we're a little bit isolated in our little bubble cubicle yeah man. you might have your cubicle wherever your computer is is your cubicle and like you know you're driving i, I do a lot of driving yeah. and i do a lot of sitting at my computer yeah that means i do a lot of thinking Yeah. right and all i think about is like how to make my business more effective, how to take new pictures, where should I go? What should I shoot? It's a total mind melter yeah. and it's really not great for the psyche. I think like the best attribute to my business that I have is ADHD. Yeah. No question. Why, what do you mean? Like... Because I'm able to multitask and have my hand in like 5,000 things going on at once yeah. and be slightly productive mm-hmm. in many roles. Yep. As opposed to being extremely productive in one role. You if know, that were the case, then you might want to take some riddle in and then you can really When it gets down to like an editing thing, I can also do that. But like the Instagram thing, the jealousy thing, the connecting yeah. thing, the seeing other people's <laughs> jobs, the talking to your friend, like all of this stuff is like, you know, you're juggling so many things at once, right? Yeah. And that's just in your professional life. Yep. Thing. Then, you Personal know, maybe said. your kid's like having a bad day, getting bad grades, you're fighting with your wife, you're, you're fucking. You're, with you your You gotta dad. get a new
0: roof for your house. Yeah, <laughs> Trump's
1: president, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, there's so many anxiety factors in the world. I do need new windows on my house, actually. <laughs> um, you know, my car broke down the other day. I had to get a new car. It's just like nuts, right? So you put all of that shit like... Life, man. Yeah, it's just a crazy life. And so I feel very blessed yep. and lucky to be able to... Have a a beautiful family, travel around with them, try to teach these kids to love the planet and be like loving souls and not assholes, right? That's my main goal in life is to raise like loving creatures. And so if I get to travel around and do that and take pictures of it and share it with you and you're like, yo, that's amazing. I love that. I love your kids. Like I have people tell me all the time, like, I want to do that stuff. Like, with my kids, but I can't because, like, I got to go to my job. And, like, how do you find time to do it? And I was, you know, like, that's the that's you, the biggest question I get. Yeah, it, people, I picked
0: it. People look at you. You pick that, I picked this. Like you worked at a coffee shop, like, for a while before you were a photographer. Oh, right? I worked at,
1: at a coffee shop the entire time I was in college. That's what full I mean. time.
0: And that's what people are like. You, you, everyone has shit jobs. And then Barista. You, you got to keep building on it. Keep building on well, it. Well, I
1: think the difference is... The difference I think for me personally and I obviously I can't speak for any other photographers but I feel like it's probably a relatively universal thing is at some point you decided to be a photographer. You decided that your path mm-hmm. was one fraught with all the bullshit that we just described. <laughs> but all of the also the benefits the of the stuff we just described, yeah. right? So The one biggest thing that sucks about it is lack of stability. You're freelance. So even if you're shooting a lot, Yep. How long is that gonna last? Yeah, everybody Ca- has ups and downs. Cash right?
0: flow is a motherfucker, right? You, you could have this shot. You could have like a busy ass month, but you ain't getting paid for those jobs for yeah, sixty yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, so then yeah, it's yeah. this. That's like, that's yeah. the one thing. You're gonna for- need a winter jacket by the <laughs> yeah. time you get
1: paid for that summer shoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like you know, I think the difference is with regular sort of non-art people, yeah. non freelancers per se, is that they decided um, their path was something that was different, right? And most of those paths correspond to a 9 to 5 punch in punch out of a clock type of job. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. My wife has one yeah, of those yeah. jobs, dude. So. The only reason I can sit here and talk to you is because she has one of <laughs> those jobs. Yeah. She loves her job. <laughs> it's an amazing job. It has an amazing health insurance. Yep. But it is a normal job in the sense that she goes in at eight in the morning, she gets out at four every day. Mm -hmm. She has no freedom, no leeway, no leniency on whether she can leave or not, right? More or less. She has to take vacation time to go on an RV trip so I can work, right? We chose a path that's much more loosey-goosey, much more freedom. However, we pay the price in mental grind in knowing that there's no stability yep so i think that's why many people that i teach at risd art school go on to work in the art world and not do the freelance grind full time but they go on to do amazing other things like be photo editors and gallery people and work at galleries and book publishers real jobs that pay real salaries with health insurance And if you don't have a partner that's helping you supply your health insurance, then you're paying for your health insurance or you have none, which I think is illegal. I don't even know. Yeah, it's good. And, uh, you know, it's like, there's a lot to deal with in life, right? Like, I think one of the few things you get to do, so this is sort of a a comment to the sort of like younger listeners, like maybe the people in school, it's like, just pick wisely, right? And stay the course, right? It's hard to stay the course sometimes, man, right?
0: It's, yeah, I, I battle with those things too. Cause, like, like, you said, freelance life, it's months where you're slow. And then it's like, oh, fuck, like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And it's just like, you just got to buckle up and yeah. just pick a path. And that's the hard thing. Cause life. Life is short. You can't. There's not enough time to bounce around that much.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I. I like to think of my career as a marathon, not a sprint. And I know that sounds a little corny. It's true, though. It's a sprint and then a marathon, and then you sprint fast and then you're slow. Then, there's peaks you, and valleys. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it. I always in my in my you know later days here in life, I try to like find the silver lining in like potentially. Anxiety-filled situations. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. I gotta grab that. Can you yeah, pause no, it for? Yeah, yeah, second? we're
0: good. All right, sorry guys, we're yep. back. We had a little uh, little pause there. Um, but I guess just to kind of wrap up, man. Like you've been doing photography a while now. What what do you kind of what kind of keeps you inspired to keep doing it? And um, what goals have you got for the future? I guess.
1: So my plans for the future are to keep keep at it, doing what I'm doing. You know, I think. I'm really excited about my new art project. Uh, it's really in its infancy. You know, I've been shooting it for now for like three years and I was actually kind of shooting it towards the end of Wild and Precious. And I just sort of wrapped it into the, the piggybacked it on the end of that. And so I'm really excited to see where that goes. I don't know where it's gonna go exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like with Wild and Precious, I had shot for five years and then I got to a place where I had to wrap it up and edit it and see what it was. You know, like when you're making that work, it's a little bit different. Then like uh, sort of the standard project where you would pick a topic and shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And then you have a bunch of that topic and then maybe make a book or something. Right. Yeah. This is a, an evolving theme for me. Like my kids are getting older, nature's changing, we're moving, we're traveling. The earth is changing. So I don't really know what it'll look like when I'm done, but I'm super stoked. And, um, you know, hopefully that will turn into a book and, um, Maybe we'll make another film and it'll hopefully turn into another art exhibit with clamp art in New York. And in terms of commercial stuff, I am working on editing the last essentially, believe it or not, two years of projects to relaunch a brand new website this summer. And then we're going to, you know, make some, obviously make some promotional materials to sort of piggyback on top of that. And I'm actually in edit right now of, three video projects that i was working on also this summer so yeah it's chaos and like i'm not editing it personally so it's like a lot of work in terms of like dealing with the edit Mm -hmm. but not doing the edit i mean i'm working with them but not doing it myself yeah And, um, it's exciting because it's like, then it's like, you know, uh, it's going to be a whole new sort of phase of my career in some ways, right? Like I've always dabbled in video, you know, I produced some like pretty good stuff in the past for clients, but this is like the real deal. And I'm really excited about that. And you know, my hope is to have that for the website launch, but we'll see how it goes. Um, And then, you know, just one day at a time, man, you know, just keep on chugging. I like See how this crazy changing industry uh, moves and try to just keep up with it. Yeah, man. man. Right, you know?
0: Well, uh, Jesse, man, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for doing the 100th episode. Yes, very excited. Again, Once I get get to 200, I'll have you back on or something. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Um, Every
1: 100. One, 100, 200, (laughs) 300. Hopefully I have some new shit to talk about. Yeah,
0: and uh, I guess for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work?
1: um i would suggest you all come to instagram and follow me at jesse underscore burke and then uh my website of course which is just com.
0: perfect well thanks so much all right thanks alex thanks for listening to today's episode i hope you enjoyed it i actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool i've been using lately called pick drop PicDrop is a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually rate them and write notes on the photos you send to them. It's just a really easy way to keep all your files organized in one spot. I've been using it for a few months now and really enjoy it. For years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PickDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And actually, with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. And also, just have a give, give a big thank you to my friend, um, Jesse Burke, for coming back on the podcast for our, our 100th episode. It was a real pleasure talking to him. Just um, a big fan of his work. So definitely go check out Jesse's website at jesseburke.com. Um lots of cool stuff up there, as well as his Instagram at Jesse Burke. Um he's always posting up there different things he's working on, so definitely give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as on my website, com and on
1: my Instagram at AlexGany Thanks so much for listening and take care.